everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Marriage is Tougher Than Woodpecker Lips podcast. This is Brian. And I'm Paul. We'd like to welcome you to a community meant for the men of the world to share our thoughts and perspectives on marriage. We can learn from each other's experiences and help each other be better husbands. Now, let's get right into the show. Welcome to the podcast. We thank you for taking time out of your day to give us a listen. Uh, today, our topic is going to further move on to gender roles. But today, we're going to talk about more outside of the home. We're going to talk about job roles. Um, we're going to talk about decision making and just those things for the family, how we decide within our family what goes on and how we came to those decisions on who makes decisions and why and when. So thanks for listening again, and we're going to jump on in. Cool, man. So, Brian, decision-making for the house, that's a dun-dun-dun. And if we're going to talk about traditional and egalitarian, just for definition, guys, again, traditional would be more so leaning toward the man as the final say, the man as the breadwinner, the man coming in and the woman having her say. But at the end of the day, it comes down to that. That's how traditionally would be me. Egalitarian is there's a shared responsibility, shared input, shared belief systems, and everyone has a say. So that's where our traditional two egalitarian roles go into play. So we're going to jump in with that. So Brian, your experience with how has your, how's your life shaped on decision-making within your marriage? Yeah, man. So where we are right now is we are in a place of joint decision-making for the household. I think it, it has to be that way. The only way that we're going to accomplish our goals as we see we should we're a team we're one unit we were married and we became one so we we both need to have input into what whatever decision needs to be made just to make sure that both persons or both people's thoughts are considered and just because we have different perspectives on things i think it's the best course of action simply because my wife many times is going to have better ideas than I, I do about accomplishing certain things. Right, right, right. And she sees the world a little bit differently than I do and thinks of things that, you know, I may not. So it's helpful to have those conversations. How about you guys? Yeah, we're definitely shared all day. We, with our religious or our belief system background, where we came from, it was more so taught as though man is the head and man does this and blah, blah, blah. But we've definitely come to a place where uh, we talk about everything and we discuss it and then we figure out what's best for our family unit. And that's a lot of give and take. And like you said, even though I may not agree with her or she may not agree with me, initially we come together to say what's the best for our marriage and what's the better best for our house. But I ask you, if you guys are at a deadlock, like how do you resolve it? Who has the final say, quote unquote? Yeah, I think... I don't know that anyone really has the final say. Love it. It becomes a further conversation until we get to a point where we more or less have to make a conscious thought of what makes more sense to do. So we pull it out of our feelings, for a lack of better words, and right. say this either makes sense to do or doesn't make sense to do and for what reason. So it's more like more or less weighing the options by like negatives and positives. Right. That way it takes it out of our hands to make the decision if we're not, you know, agreeing. Or right. Something. For us, we are people of faith. So we tend to dive into if it's coming to a place where at a standstill, we'll, we'll both 
generally have prayed about it and generally and, and more so that's just the case anyway mm-hmm. and it's funny because we may be thinking things totally different and then but come out and say hey i was thinking about this and then she'll say oh i was just that was just something that blah 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 and then it works together but i think at the end of the day i i can't think of any decision where we'd been deadlocked and it'd be like okay but we need to make it right now it's time sensitive but i think we started early in like that prayer situation that like if that came down to it like we would just make it and whoever thought the most strongly i guess we we would go with that Mm -hmm. and if we were at a deadlock because we've done what you would you guys do as well put the things out there let that go we prayed about it and then we just we'll just work through it. If it's for the best, if it's for the worst, we're in it together and that decision is made. So I think we've come to the agreement, like it will lean with whoever strongly. Generally, I guess I would say I would do the final sign off as a unit, but there's not really a sign off if that makes sense. And then we'll go for it. But we know that jointly every decision is made by us. Yeah, And then we just roll with it. And if it's not in our favor, we already know we're going to power through and make the appropriate measures to make it become our favor or until we're in a different situation. Yeah. So So I I think it might be beneficial to give people like a specific example. And most recently for us in this current climate, we're trying to pay off our debt. And due to our federal STEMI checks, we had some extra money in the bank and we were trying to make a decision of following the Ramsey plan by the letter or paying a different debt down that made more sense for us, right? And so with my wife not working as much as she used to, it made more sense to alter the plan and rather than paying down her student loans, which she doesn't necessarily have to pay on right now, it made more sense to just pay off our vacation package that we purchased, right? Because we have a monthly payment that's coming out of our budget every month for that. So as far as improving our cash flow situation, we came to the agreement that that's the thing we should tackle right now. But I will say that it did come to a head where we had a disagreement because Dave Ramsey would teach you that you should just follow the plan the way it's written. And that's why it works. And like I said, we had the conversation and weighed the pros and cons and decided to go ahead and pay off the the vacation package because it made financially more sense for us in the moment because of the cash flow. And I'm sure people who walk down that path probably fight themselves on uh, similar things day in and day out. But I felt like as long as we were paying something and using the money for good, that we couldn't really make a wrong decision. Right. So it was me that kind of caved on that one. But I think the correct decision prevailed for our situation. Yeah, that makes total sense. You got to do what's best for your family. So I like that. That's an active example. So that's good. So let's just talk traditional. Let's just talk about in general job roles. I know we touched on it a little bit and then we can just talk through our experience. But so traditionally, who works in the home is male, male driven or male at least makes the most money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of times that makes makes him feel like he has more say um, in decisions uh, that involve money or involve things that are being purchased or within the family in general. What is your experience on 
that uh, as far as you agree with that's the traditional role and what do you see happening now like just in general in our communities and our, our climates yeah so i would say obviously traditionally it was the band that was the primary bread earner and in my experience again i'll bring up my grandparents my grandfather didn't necessarily have access to the money and so basically he would earn a lot of money and it would go into the bank account or he would basically hand his check over to my grandmother. She also worked, but she was responsible for paying all the bills, buying all the groceries and spending the money as she saw fit in order to take care of the household and for the kids and everything. Now, granted, they had eight children, my mother, and then she had seven brothers. So that, that puts a whole nother dynamic on it as well. But this day and age, I feel like it could be a flip of a coin who male or female is making more money in the household. In our situation, I'm the primary breadwinner, but it's more or less, it's just what it is. It hasn't been a discussion of you need to be the person who goes out and earns the money. Oh, by the way, right, right. my wife's the only one with a degree in the house, right? right? She's not using it, which is neither really neither here or there. We do what we have to do to earn the money we need to earn. Our situation affords me the ability to do things like this, and I have a full-time job, obviously. I have a, uh, a side hustle commercial cleaning company. And largely, I do those things because I have to, right? I, I want to live right. the life I want to live. I want to provide the life that I feel my family deserves. And I will do literally whatever it takes. Well, actually, that's not true. I, within my morals and right. ethics. Nobody's, nobody's on Right, that. right, right. But to that, to that limit, I will do what it takes. To, to earn the life that I feel we should have. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, we're, we would be considered, I guess, non-traditional in the sense of the old school traditional way, but I'm with you. I feel like there's within our age group in our setting, like it's just a toss up who, who either makes more, or who's working, who's not working. Obviously we're in a pandemic, so that definitely has a big effect on it as well. Mm -hmm. But even before that, just our generation, a lot of people had, there's just more access to everyone as far as opportunities. If we're talking gender roles, a lot of people are going to college, at least starting with that role. They may not finish, but they'll find their niche. And then if they stay there, by that time they're our age, they're at a, a good place in their career as far as making money goes. So the opportunities are there. So there's, I think before there were less opportunities for women and that has evolved. That's equal the playing field per se. Obviously, we can do a whole podcast on how not equal it is as far as pay and expectations and all that. But right. meaning in society as a whole, given the opportunities for women to work and advance has progressed. But we would be non-traditional in the sense that my wife, income-wise, makes more money and but like brian said i also have a side business that now includes her in it as well but before it was just me for, until a couple of years ago so like it's just a broad range of those expectations and coming together to figure out what works for you as a married couple so i would just say don't fall into the trap let's move on from that because yes we Traditionally, each of us have a different role, but at the same time, it's not a hard and set. Someone has to do more and someone has to do less. It's just how can we get accomplished what our goal is as a family? And I think that's the takeaway that we need that comes for this whole topic of decision making and uh, quote unquote breadwinning. 
is what's best for your family and how do you as a married couple make those decisions on who does what is there an opportunity for a wife to make more and then maybe a, a husband quote unquote take care of the home per se or vice versa but make sure you figure out what works for you but i want to move on to that and talk about the trap of when there's an equal workload as far as who works full-time jobs but then the gender assumptions that take place within the family mm -hmm. and the roles. Give an example. Those traditional mindsets that we have stick within us. So I know a lot of people, they may work from home or they may not work from home. They might both work. But when it comes to roles and responsibilities at home, like the traditional gender roles still play a part so that both people are working 40 hours a week, but it's expected for the wife to still cook meals, still take care of the kids, still clean everything, still have a, a meal provided for everybody, but yet she's working just as much outside the host house hours-wise as the husband is. I feel like that's a trap that happens within marriages, or maybe it's just me, but what, do, what are your thoughts on that? No, that's absolutely a, a great word to associate with it, a trap. I know in my situation, we were definitely there for a while, actually, where I had my predetermined conception of what the responsibilities should be. And it's funny because in my mind, I felt like I was working more and that she, as bad as it sounds, should have done more within the household, you know, but through some conversations and through some, I'll say, trial and error, I finally came to the realization that we're pretty much working just as much as the other. And then on top of that, when we started having kids, it absolutely amplified her amount of responsibility in the home. And I really needed right. to step up as a husband. And it took me a while to catch on to that. But once I got there, I learned that I need to be doing not just more, but as much as I can in order to pitch in and right. relieve some of her responsibilities. And uh, it's something that I continually struggle with, specifically now because of how much I actually do work. I have to, and I, I had this conversation with her the other day, I have to have this conscious conversation with myself right before I walk through the door, take a deep breath. These kids are about to jump on you. Like it's time to man up and not bring the stuff from outside in the house, number one. Number two, bring some energy when I walk through the door, because I don't want to be the dad that comes home all tired and doesn't have the energy to play with his kids, doesn't have the energy to pour into my wife. I don't want to just walk past everyone, which I have in the past, and go off and do my own thing because I'm just that tired. Right. So I have this conscious conversation with myself that, all right, this job has ended and now your job is to be a husband and father. So Right, right, right. Suck it up. That's good. You, you said something that you walked through when you were walking through it, that you came to that, you came to that decision. How was that? How long was that process of moving from your, your, in your words, you're thinking that you were working more to you need to do more at home? Like just, I know every situation is different, but the steps that you took, if you can just expound on that a little bit, because I think that'd be helpful. Yeah. So it came to a head when 
I saw that my wife was falling into a depression. And I think maybe even she had a predisposition of what her role should be in the home. And it may have even been that she felt that she couldn't fulfill it. So at that, we needed to have a conversation of she needed help. And it went through, as you can imagine, like a couple arguments. Right. And then my predisposition, I foolishly probably just said it out loud. And that made it now a topic that we could tackle because our our thoughts were finally out there. And I feel that's a mistake that couples make far too often. They don't say what's on their mind. Right. Because for whatever reason, maybe they are afraid of how it might be perceived or inherently they might know like this probably isn't the thought I should be having, but this is how I feel. Right, Um, right. But in my experience, this is the only way that you're going to be able to tackle these issues is if you put them out there and have the conversations about them. And you most certainly are going to get through them more quickly if you have those conversations. 100%. So that's kind of how it happened for us. As far as an amount of time, I would say it probably took close to a year for me to really have it sink fully in and get myself to a place where I am now, where I had to create a process for myself in order to help her as much as I could. And a lot of the things that I do are just little things. Washing the bottles for the baby when I know they've piled up and need to be done. And the thing is, if I ignore that, I know it's going to make her feel some type of way, right? And I don't mean that it's going to make her angry or anything like that. I, I know that it's going to make her feel alone, which I don't want to happen. Right. So I have to make a conscious decision to choose to love on my wife and do something that I know if I were to let it go, she would do out of obligation and out of necessity because obviously the baby needs clean bottles and little things like that. One thing that I started doing last year is taking my daughter to the driving range to, you know, start to teach her to play around uh, with a golf club. But on the back end, what I know is that gives my wife a little bit of relief to have one child gone and be able to take care of some of her responsibilities or just even get right. a little bit more rest because her responsibility has shrunken mildly. So I try to do things like that as often as I can just to make her life easier in those moments where I can. And it's for me, it's the choice to love her. I want to say the best I can, but more or less in the ways that I can is, I guess, the the, the better way to say that. Basically, I just wanted to show that, that it's a process walking through and addressing, like you said, those notions, even though we know we we maybe shouldn't have those thoughts, mm-hmm. uh, but those thoughts can make assumptions and then turn into feelings when things aren't getting done or are getting done in a certain way that we don't want. And if we just keep that inside, there's no way to tackle that as a unit and grow in our marriage. So that's spot on. It's so antithetical of what the human wants to do when it comes to being vulnerable, right? Because we don't want to be vulnerable because we don't, we think just in general, in life generalities, like we don't want to say something too harsh that maybe we're pushed away and isolated. So like we bring that, which is good because in, in essence, we we're community beings, right? We need each other to survive. Like we can't hunt on our own. We can't gather on our own as efficiently unless we do it at a tribe. So you inherently that's good. 
but in marriage like we bring that and we're like nervous about being our full like letting all of our thoughts go because we know sometimes our thoughts are just cray but so it's good to continue to grow on being vulnerable in all situations and it can shift like you can tackle this one but then it might be another topic that comes up and you're you might be having thoughts like maybe this shouldn't be but at least let me put it out there mm-hmm. and i think this is just an example your example is just how to grow in your marriage and how to kind of champion that because that could be a place of contention deep just strife psychologically and in the mindset and just be able to spill out into other aspects with within the home with the kids and all that if there's tension and then outside of the home if that goes with other relationships that you're having work all that stuff so i commend you guys for championing that and you constantly growing and knowing like you haven't arrived yeah um, yeah, yeah. because we never arrive especially in it's like because we're always growing so yeah, that's awesome. And I think there's a couple of things that need to be said as well, especially for the gentleman that may be listening out there. You when you change your mindset into service of your wife, she notices and you will see yeah. mood changes and you will see her loving on you more deeply. And gentlemen, it is good. I will just say that <laughs> it is good. Um, so, and then beyond that, what I wanted to say also is we are human and we will have our thoughts, but it's one thing to have a thought and it's one thing to have an action and that can go both ways, right? You can have some sort of right. negative thought and then act on it. And you can also have the thought along the lines of what well, I could do this to help my wife and then not act on it, right? And in my experience, women are going to pay more attention to your actions than the words you say. And I had a conversation along the lines of this with my buddy just yesterday, actually, and he's struggling with a girl that he's seeing, but he, in his mind, is telling himself that, you know, he doesn't want to have a relationship with her, but then they are sleeping together. And he's, I've told her that I don't want a relationship. And I was like, but that's not what your actions are telling her. And he's not like, right. And he's like, I don't get it. Like I, I told her this and I'm like, no, you didn't. You said that, right. but you told her that there's still a chance for her to have a relationship with Woo! you. Right. That's so good. Yeah. And he was like, so what do I need to do? I was like, you need to cut it off. And he's like, yeah, but we're friends. I don't want to just lose her as a friend. In my opinion, number one, you should have never crossed that line if that was your intention to remain as friends. Right. But the only way I can see for you to recover it is to now say no. And she will eventually get the picture that you no longer want to have that sort of relationship with her. And until you man up and decide to say no in the moment, because I had to go even further. I was like, now who is it that typically initiates your physical contact? And he gave the answer I expected. He said it was her. And I was like, well, that tells me even more that she expects that you guys are either in a relationship or there's a chance for a relationship. And every time she calls you and says, hey, can I come over or whatever the case may be? And you say, yeah. And then you act on your flesh desires. It's going to further ingrain in her that this is okay. And until you can start to say no, like you say you want to, but are doing the opposite. It's going to continue. And then he for, he went even further because he's recently divorced. He went even further to say well, she's cool with the kids and all that. And, and I'm like, I get it. 
your actions are telling her, especially since you're bringing her around your kids. That's just even further ingraining into her that you want to have this style of relationship. And that's what you're doing. So you need to change that or it's going to continue. So you need to decide what it is that you actually want. And she will take more to the lesson here is that a woman will pay more attention to your actions than your words. Yeah, you said something so profound right there you said what you're telling her is basically involves more than just saying more than just words i'm so stealing that with everything because you can say something but communication is verbal and nonverbal right your actions are not in line with your words people are going to grab to whichever one they choose to get the outcome they want So if you are, your body language is saying something else, but your words are saying something that they want, they're going to say, oh, you said this. But if you're saying something in your body, you're actually living in your body is doing something different, then that's what they will gleam through, at least in their head. So yeah, man, I've been in that space before, a long time ago, of course, but saying one thing with the words and even your mind wanting to believe it. But your body is not in alignment with what your brain and what you know you should be doing. So, yeah, that's real. So, yes, gentlemen, if you're saying something within your marriage, make sure that your words and your actions line up. That's less confusing. That's proper communication. And you can minimize some, some arguments and some difficulties if you're all in line. So that's a good word. That's a good word. So do you want to talk about careers as far as, I guess, gender roles and responsibilities? I have some thoughts on it, but more or less, I guess my question would be for you, and I would pose this to the men of the world. Is there anything career-wise that you don't want your wife to be doing, right? Whether it be like, oh, I think that's too dangerous for her, or if she were to have this career, it would make me feel some type of way. Let's focus on maybe feeling inferior, right? And dealing with the perception, the outside perception of our friends or community on his wife does that, (laughs) right? (laughs) And how that makes us feel as a man. What are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I think we should talk about, wow, that that's good. Yeah, I like that turn. I think, I don't know, I, you have to know your, I think you have to know your wife, right? Fiance, before you get married, like really know who she is and what she wants to do. So I'm always going to go back to pre, premarital counseling is huge. So that is something that you should talk about when you're getting married so you can understand what she wants to do. But also if you met her at a certain place or were in a relationship with her at a certain place, You can't expect her to change just because she's now married. You know what I mean? So she, if she was on a certain career path or was working certain places that you didn't agree with, you can't all of a sudden think when you get married, like it's just going to change or it's going to be better um, because she's a whole person (laughs) and she has her goals. She has her aspirations. And when I know it's a lot of times we talk about becoming one, like you're going to become one person when you get married. No, you you become one married. You become it's one marriage, but it's still two separate people aligning in a oneness type of mentality and not a conformity. But like we talked about before, communicating and talking about what's best for the marriage. So 
that being, if your wife was doing something you didn't agree with or may have been ashamed of per se, like either you have to talk through it or you have to not get married. You know what I mean? And a lot of times we talked about our thoughts and not talking about our feelings because we know maybe we shouldn't. So yes, you shouldn't be judging your girlfriend or your fiance for what she does, but you have to let her know how you feel before you get married so you don't wake up five years, seven years in. I can't believe she's doing this. Either it's too dangerous. <laughs> I don't like it. I feel inferior. She's all that. But if you would have had those conversations, at least you would have known and you guys could have worked through it. Generally, if you communicate it, there's an understanding and you'll feel better about it and even be proud for her to do it, doing it. And that can be a whole variety of things, whether it's a woman who's doing something physical, maybe she's a WWE star, maybe she is a firefighter, you know what I mean? Something that is physical and you could be like, man, you could really get yourself hurt doing this. Or maybe she's a boss, like she's literally a CEO, COO, she's a lawyer, she's an engineer, she's a doctor, running hospitals, all that. And you may feel different based on where you've achieved, quote unquote, or the work that you're doing. But all those things need to be talked about. Right. And I think deep down ingrained in our mind are those things as men like that we should be the breadwinner, even though we're coming as a society to see that is not necessarily the case. There are just some inherent things that generation, generationally have occurred with saying and not saying like what we should be as men. And I think it's very important before you get married or even when you realize it within your marriage that you talk about those assumptions and those things that are inside. It's not always a good conversation or a happy conversation to have, but I think it's necessary so that you can understand her goals, what she wants to do, your goals, what you want to do. And at the end of the day, we want just what's best for our family. Uh, we want to build the best marriage so we can be the best family, have the best community. That's all of our goals. So we definitely, I think as men, just talking career, this might be my career rant, like really <laughs> move forward. But for me, I wanted to marry someone that was successful. I was like, What's really attractive to me is someone that is a lawyer, well, not a lawyer, but is a doctor, is an engineer, is wanting to run a company, run an organization, maybe have a side hustle because I knew then she wouldn't need me per se. I didn't want a wife that needed me. Mm -hmm. I wanted someone that we could partner with and move forward. Like I was even like, yo, I'll be a stay at home dad if she's that much of a boss. And that was, that's definitely a different mindset, but just understanding that there's so much that we can achieve as a unit. And if someone is really good at what they've done and they've really put in time for their craft, it's up to me to have her flourish as much as she can. Right. But I think I have a different mindset. I don't know why I have that mindset, but that's how I came into my marriage. My wife was definitely running a, a huge organization with access to capital and all that when we got married. And that was one of the things it wasn't the it wasn't the capital or any thing like that. It was that she had she was just so good at what she did and she knew how to use her skill set. And I, it was just very attractive to see someone just doing something that they love and just being really good at it. So, yeah, that's my thing. I, I feel like you should be right there for your wife and everything. If you want her to flourish, that should also be in her career. So that's my talk.
Yeah, so man. <laughs> no, that was good, man. That was a, a nice rant you had there. And I think it needs to be said also, just from a different perspective, that I feel at least you should allow for growth, right? People's paths change as you discover yourself, especially discover yourself in marriage, right? Yeah. You, you are different as a single person, as a married person. And so my wife's path has considerably changed. Like I told you, she is the one who has a degree in criminal justice. We were together when she went through her internship and we thought her path was going to lead her into that life, which I was happy for because it seemed like it fulfilled her. And then we went through a stint where, you know, because our lives have had changed with having our first child. I, I think she felt like that was no longer an option for her. Yeah. So we went through this period of her not feeling like she would be fulfilled career-wise, not feeling like she had an option to go and pursue that line of work any longer. We're now three kids in. So obviously her mindset has changed as far as what she wants to do with her life. And right. so as a man, I need to allow for that change. And at some point I, I did have the expectation that's what she wanted to do. So I expected her to pursue it. And I found myself getting frustrated that she wasn't, and I didn't, I wasn't at that point taking the time or having the conversations to realize that she was changing. Right. Um, right. So I would give the advice to men out there, take notice to what's going on with your wife, have those conversations and be okay with it and help her change into the person that she feels that she needs to change into. And then, by the way, she might not understand that she's changing, but I guarantee you if it's a similar situation, it's happening. She could feel that she still wants to go into whatever line of work. And you just have to learn to be as supportive as you can. And whatever that looks like, you know, I told her that I would be willing to change my career in order to allow for her to be happier in whatever she wanted to pursue. And not really pat myself on the back here, but what I will say is that takes a big man to sacrifice on that level, especially as a man, since you identify so much as what you do to be who you are. Um, right. Especially when it comes to careers and work to uh, sacrifice that and say that to her like, hey, listen, I'll, I'll give you whatever you need. But in my case, I also know that I can earn money. That's what I know how to do. So however that looks, I'll make it work. Right. But yeah, man, that's the advice yeah, you I would said, give. Yeah. You said something that stood out to me, like one, communicate, which we're always going to harp on. Like communication is the bread and butter for a good marriage. But it was listen to her and be okay with how she feels. And if anything changes, be okay with her changing. Right. That is huge. But I, I think a way that we can, the way to grow to be okay was, is really understanding what she's feeling, where she's coming from, and why she's, why she's having those thoughts. You might not agree with the change per se, but to understand it, it makes you okay in that, okay, like she's changing. This is what's happening. It's okay to change. No one's going to be the same forever. Obviously, if she's changing to, and it's becoming something that may hurt herself or others, we're not saying it'll be okay with that. We're <laughs> still being okay with that. There's an evolution within a marriage and within a person within life. So yeah, I think that was definitely a good point. But you said something that if we have time, 
I want to talk about identifying as men, how we identify or are identified by what we do. And then that kind of becomes who we are. I found myself in that, that space of like, when you meet someone or hear about someone's husband, oh, what do you do? You know what I mean? Like before you even say what, who he is or whatever, you say, where does he work or something along that line. And then there's like a small judgment based on what their job is about who they are, which is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> if you want to think about it, it's the dumbest thing ever yeah. to judge a person by what they do. Because I've found the longer you work, there are many mediocre slash unkind, terrible people that have very good jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could be a person that I don't want to be around and probably would not have any type of relationship with, but I may in my societal, this is what we do, like esteem you or give you a ben- more benefit of the doubt based on your occupation, which is ridiculous. Right. So I don't know if that sparks anything for you to say, but I'll leave that there for now. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. It's a societal thing and it happens so very young for a lot of people. They they hear their parents talking to their friends about the the grades they achieved in school and the importance that parents put on that. And then it goes into my children are taking AP courses in high school to the schools, the colleges that they're applying to to the colleges that they eventually get accepted to. And it becomes just this huge societal competition of how accomplished are you by a third-party system, (laughs) which especially in this day and age, it doesn't necessarily mean anything because in the grand scheme of things, people, their scoreboard is how much money do you make? And it's funny, not that people would know it, but there's probably a lot of people around you who earn more money than you do without the title. So you put all this work into achieving a title so you feel good about yourself, but I think largely you may do it just so people will more favorably judge you in a moment, but more times than not, nobody really cares. <laughs> like truly, we we make yeah. it seem like we do care because in society, like we've been discussing, we have that small moment of judgment, but after the fact, like it doesn't matter. It really just doesn't matter. And I, I find this happening to myself quite a bit. You know, people find out that I have a, a side hustle or whatever, and they literally have no idea how much money I make. And I'm truly never inclined to, to tell them because it's none of their business. But then they they see what job I hold as my full-time job and you get the Oh, the reaction. And for me, I'm not, I want to say I'm not so defined by what I do. What I do is a means to an end. I know what I would like to do, where I would like to end up, which I would say your average person doesn't even know that. So that's what I let guide my decisions, guide my choices. And if there's someone in my life who wants to judge me based off of the occupation I have, you're probably not going to be part of my life for very long or it's going to be very sparingly because I just don't have time for it, man. I don't have time for the judgment. Congratulations to you that spent a lifetime of money on your schooling and you're going to be in debt forever. (laughs) You know what I mean? 
like for me, I went to school for free. Oh, by the way, I also dropped out and it was a path of self-discovery. Like school just wasn't for me. And I, I don't know how else to put it, but I don't like being told what to learn, especially if I don't feel like I'm going to get any use out of it. Now I am a very educated person. I'm very knowledgeable. I am highly intelligent, but that only really works for me when I, number one, choose what I'm going to learn. And I know that those things that I learn, I can put to use. Yeah. So I'm gonna kick it back to you because I'm gonna get off that soapbox before I fall any further down that rabbit hole. No, it's maybe we can use that as a topic on another day because I have so many thoughts on that, but just to touch, just to encourage our, anyone listening that your occupation doesn't define who you are. It's a small part in who you are, but it doesn't define you. And it's the part only based on the experience that you have in the occupation, not the actual occupation that it is because you're learning and growing in that space, but that's not, that doesn't make up who you are. But yeah. You, so just be encouraged that your job doesn't, or your wife's job doesn't re- reflect on you really in any way. Just be comfortable on who you are and who you two are as a unit, because if she has goals and aspirations, it's up to you to help her be the best at those things. And if you don't align with those or goals or aspirations, that's another topic of discussion or something you guys need to explore with the help of probably a counselor to move through that in a, to navigate that space in a comfortable way. Don't let a third party system make you feel inadequate in any way, but a third party system that really only benefits a certain percentage of the population. Don't let that make you feel any way that you have underachieved or anything. But I will say, if you know that you want to achieve something and you haven't done it and your wife is crushing it and that that you need to step it up, don't project onto her your non-achievement because I think that can happen as well. That's- we may have goals and aspirations, but we're not taking the action to progress, but maybe our spouse is, and they're doing everything they need to do to meet their goals. And we may feel some type of way and exposes maybe our shortcomings or inadequacies. So don't let that, don't take it out on her because you're not doing what you want to do. But that, I'm just making that distinction. It's not a societal thing, but it's your goals what you want to do, but you may not be doing it, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And I would say just remembering or reflecting on that rant I had, obviously this is a sore subject for me because I've been through it and I'm really no longer in that place, but it, it sparks an almost visceral reaction in me when I see it happening to other people, right? Because this is something that I'm very intentional about with helping other people identify or figure out how to identify with themselves and not put so much weight in their career defining who they are. Because as you said, it's, it's a small part of who we are. My, my goal in life is purely to help people outside of my household, right? I have certain goals within my household and outside. I think I've told you my big, hairy, audacious goal is to positively impact the life of everyone I come into contact with. Right, and right. So... That's the way I live. And so any at any opportunity when I can have a conversation like this with someone, 
who I see is struggling or I every once in a while see that style of interaction happen where someone is immediately being judged for the type of job they have. They walk into, let's say, like a, a child's party or whatever, and then all the adults are around and they're getting to know each other. And this is the type of typical sort of situation where that might happen. Right, right. When I see that happen, it makes me so angry. And so I, I tend to have two conversations, one with a person who was being judged and one with the person who is doing the judging. And I, 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 I know I need to be better about it, but I'll tell you what, everything in me wants to put that person in their place. And so I've done this all my life. I've, I've gone to bat for people. I, I'm very defensive of people I don't even know sometimes. There, there was a time I was in a store, right? It was a Dollar General and I'm waiting in line to cash out. And this lady who is two people in front of me is absolutely berating this older lady who is the cashier and it was over the fact that she wouldn't give her extra bags from the store which this customer wanted to use for her cat litter right and so she's going in on her talking about well, it's not your money and all these other things and it just built up into me or built up in me to the point where i had to say something Right. And I can't even tell you off the top of my head, you know, exactly what I said, but I went to the defense of that cashier and, you know, lady tried to come back at me like, what business of it is it your to you? And I'm like, as soon as you opened your mouth and said something stupid along those lines, you made it everyone's business that was in here. Now, not everybody in here is going to have the ability or wherewithal to step up and say something to you, but you need to keep it pushing because this is just not okay. And then I felt the need when I got up there and close enough to apologize to that cashier because she shouldn't be put through that. And then on the other hand, I also commended her for sticking to her guns and not just caving to that woman as wrong right. as she was in the moment. I was like, what she doesn't understand is each one of those bags has a cost to this business. And if the store wanted to, they could consider that stealing on her part and could have fired her for giving away bags. I've worked in restaurants where they wanted right. you to limit the amount of napkins that you gave to the customers because everything in the business has a cost and you have to be mindful of that. And for her to just go off on her like that, I just, I couldn't stand for it. So I don't know. That's where I'll leave it, man. <laughs> Yeah, just for occupations. That's really what it came down to. Yeah. Don't judge people around Brian or you may get talked to. Oh, yeah. You will get <laughs> dealt with. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. I think we're running up on time, but I think we may have another topic for another day. Mm -hmm. Talking about the non-traditional career path or even career path and how we get there and how we feel as men about that and how we bring that to our marriages and our families and just our communities as well. So I think that's a great topic to explore. But yes, marriages, men, career paths and roles and gender. It's I think we'll say I'll say this. Our our main point is to let you or have you realize that it is all about what's best for you and your wife and what's you and your family. So how you come to those decisions only come with communication and really saying how you feel and making a space for your wife to be able to express how she feels wholly so that you can both understand the different perspectives and move forward in the best way uh, for your family. 
So that's how I say it would be. I don't know, Brian, if you have anything else. I agree. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We appreciate you guys taking some time out again of your day listening to the podcast. Please like, rate, subscribe so that you can get the updated information about this podcast. Hit us up on our socials and also feel free to ask questions, leave a comment, anything like that, because that's how we want to engage. We want this community to be active and us to be able to lift each other's as husbands and brothers within building our community. So thanks again. And this is Paul signing off. And Brian, we will talk to you next time.